The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. How in the world are you today? Welcome in. We're going to be learning something new today that will help us out. That's what you do every time you turn the radio on. Learn something new that will help you out. Local attorney Laura Baker is with us from the law firm of John Day. Laura, good morning to you. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Doing great. Good to have you with us on this beautiful morning, sunny outside. Uh, This is great weather. I agree. Now, let's talk a little about something uh, that we all, I've always had a concern over, and that's what happens if somebody runs into you, uh, vehicles obviously, uh, and, and they don't have any insurance. We hear nightmare stories about that. Yes, it's a nightmare when it happens, and and in Tennessee, I think the last time I checked the statistics, it was somewhere around two in five drivers does not have insurance at all. Um, And when that happens, unless you happen uh, to be rear-ended by Bill Gates or somebody who um, has significant assets, um, you're your recovery may be very limited by the fact that the person who caused the wreck doesn't have any money to compensate you for your medical bills and your lost wages from work. How could that happen? How could somebody do that? Because it seems that it's a state law that you're supposed to have insurance. And somebody could accidentally, they must, they forgot to get it. Yeah. And, and honestly, um, I think that's, that, in some cases, it could be a matter of forgetting to get it. it. Could be a matter of forgetting to pay your premiums, or it could be a matter of just not having the money to pay for the insurance coverage. We do have a state law that requires all drivers to have insurance or file certification that they have enough um, financial resources to be responsible if they should cause a wreck. Unfortunately, our insurance law doesn't really have any teeth to it. Um, nobody ever asks you when you go to get your driver's license whether or not you've gotten insurance. Um, instead, when, uh, whenever it is discovered that somebody doesn't have insurance is most often after a wreck has happened. Uh, because our law doesn't have any, um, any requirement that you prove up that you have insurance in order to get your driver's license or drive on the road, the best case scenario for you if another driver causes a wreck and and they don't have insurance is for you to have what's called uninsured motorist coverage on your own insurance policy and that's coverage that kicks in and pays up to whatever the dollar amount of the coverage is that you uh, purchased um, in place of insurance for the other driver Um, it's really considered no-fault coverage because you didn't cause the wreck. It wasn't your fault, but you're having to go under your own insurance because the other driver doesn't have that insurance coverage. If you use this uninsured coverage, does it go against your record? That is a great question. It does not. Um, We have a statute here in Tennessee that says that insurance companies 
cannot raise your premiums. They cannot uh, discontinue your coverage or drop you from coverage if you make a claim for uninsured motorist coverage. Um, of course, insurance companies can raise your premiums for things like inflation um, or for at-fault wrecks um, or for any other, you know, sort of business reasons that they may have from time to time to increase premiums. But if the only basis for increasing the premium is that you were in an uninsured wreck, the law uh, keeps insurance companies um, or prohibits insurance companies from doing that. And in fact, I've had a couple clients over the years that I've helped with that. Uh, we made an uninsured claim for them. The insurance company raised their premiums. There was no discernible reason other than the uninsured claim for their premiums to have been increased. And I uh, was able to help those clients with uh, contacting the insurance company and getting them to restore the premium to where it was before the wreck. But that's rare. It doesn't happen often. Now, when you did that, what kind of an excuse did the insurance company have? You know, it's been a long time since I've had that issue come up in a case because it is prohibited by our statute. Um, but uh, so I can't really recall exactly what the reason was. Um, I know that I myself have been in wrecks before. And sometimes when you make that claim, uh, and particularly if you make it and you're, you don't have that legal background or that legal knowledge, uh, you don't necessarily know which part of your coverage that they are paying the claim out under. So, for example, you're in a wreck. Maybe there's no injuries, but there's property damage, but the other person doesn't have insurance coverage to pay for the damage to your vehicle. Your insurance company might put that under your collision coverage, which is at fault coverage, when it really should be paid out under your uninsured motorist property damage coverage, which is that no fault. So something like that, where it gets misclassified on on the insurance company side, and you don't know, you have no reason to know that which coverage gets paid out under makes a difference to how it how it goes towards your premium. Um, that can be one reason why it might happen. Um, and it it's not necessarily intentional or trying to, mm-hmm. you know, purposefully violate the law. It's just a misclassification. Now, with the officer who fills out a report, and, and they do that right there at the accident scene, uh, what kind of a notation do they, or do you want to be sure that they make uh, when they fill out the report? Well, I'll tell you that when I first started practicing law 16 years ago, uh, police reports didn't contain the insurance information for the drivers. Um, It was a rare case where I would get the police report and I could tell who the other driver's insurance carrier was. So I'm happy to say that now it's a rare case where the police report doesn't show the insurance coverage. Um, So, you know, anytime that you're in a wreck, one of the things that you want to know and the other person's going to want to know depending on who's at fault is who is your insurance carrier and that's information that you definitely want to make sure that the police take down from you and from the other party so that when the time comes to make a claim whether it's for property damage or injuries or whether you even make that uninsured motorist claim everyone knows who the insurance carriers are that are involved in the claim. Because when you make that uninsured claim on your own insurance, they're gonna want to track down and make sure that the other driver truly doesn't have insurance uh, because they only pay in place of the other driver's insurance or sometimes in addition to the other driver's insurance. Um, That occurs when you're dealing with what's called an underinsured motorist claim. 
Okay. So, uh, and and so you want to be sure that all of this is created properly on the accident report. Yeah, and our our police officers do a great job of getting that information down. It I really have not come across too many cases um, in in the last. I don't know, decade probably, where there was insurance that the police had not properly documented on the police report. Uh, that's one of the first things. I mean, in, you know, if there are ambulances and fire trucks and, you know, chaos at the scene um, or somebody's not able to produce their insurance card because they're not conscious or they're being tended to medically, that in that situation, sometimes you might not have the insurance information, but otherwise, for the most part, it's one of the first questions um, that get asked when a wreck happens is, okay, give me your insurance card and your license. Uh, this is a, a little off the subject, but a listener is writing to us saying, what happens if uh, both parties do have insurance, but it turns out that they both have insurance with the same company? Is that uh, sometimes a negative for the coverage you get? I don't know that I necessarily think it's a negative because when that comes up and and you both have insurance, um, the other driver's insurance is the first to pay, but it's your insurance company. Um, and while they may have different claims adjusters assigned to it, and while that insurance company's duty is to the other driver for that liability claim, um, having all of the claim in one insurance company doesn't always raise any kind of issue. Um, it sometimes can streamline things in an underinsured motorist case because whenever the other driver has less insurance than you have, then you can make a claim for the difference between your coverage. So to give an example of that, if the other driver has the state minimum limit of coverage of $25,000 per person, $50,000 per accident. Um, so, and there's only one person injured. The most that person's ever gonna get from the other driver's insurance is $25,000. If you have $50,000 of underinsured motorist coverage, you have up to another 25,000 on your own policy. They do get to deduct for the first layer, call a layer of coverage for the liability. When it's with the same company, the company is getting all of that information simultaneously in their system. Um, and so sometimes I think maybe that can expedite a claim where it's clearly worth $50,000. Uh, you get that those two coverages uh, offered more quickly than you might if you have to start with one company and then move on to the next company. We have a, another text here from a listener who's asking, uh, how do you make certain that you do have uninsured motorist insurance? Uh, do you know that your insurance agent offered it to you? And do, do you know that you have it? Well, when you sign up to get insurance, it's always supposed to be offered to you. Because under Tennessee law, unless you sign in writing saying that you don't want uninsured motorist coverage or you want less uninsured motorist coverage than your liability coverage, it, it, it under the law, it's required to be the same as whatever you have for wrecks that you cause to hurt other people. 
Um, and so you should know about it, but I can tell you that uh, having purchased insurance myself, I know that it can be paperwork and forms and maybe you're not paying attention. Um, I think sometimes people will decline the uninsured coverage because they think it's saving significantly on their premium. Whenever you do go get a quote for insurance, make sure that you ask them to quote it with that uninsured motorist coverage. And if you think that the premium looks high and that that might save you some money, ask them to quote it the other way. I have found with purchasing my own insurance that it's usually only a few dollars more a month on the premium to have the uninsured motorist coverage. And you're going to need that if you get hit by one of those two and five drivers in Tennessee that doesn't have any. Two and five, wow. Well, and and I don't even know if that's the accurate um, statistic right now. That's really the last time that I, that I took the time to go back and look and see how many are uninsured. But um, in in pretty much every single auto um, or uh, truck wreck case that we handle in our office, unless that there's some good reason not to do it, we're always going to put the uninsured motorist carrier on notice of the claim too because even if the other driver isn't without insurance or has even if the other driver has insurance it's not always as much as you have on that uninsured motorist coverage now obviously if somebody does not have insurance uh and and you are unfortunately hit by that person and they cause damage to you or to somebody who's in the car with you and you have some big medical bills and it later is found that that person's car was either paid for or they have a house that has uh, you know is almost paid for uh, you have some liquidity there that uh, could help pay your medical bills is that a task to get to that? It can be a task to get to it. It really depends on on how much the other person has when it comes to assets or liquidity, as you put it. Um, if the other driver is underinsured, they or they they have no insurance, or they only have twenty five thousand, and you've got a significantly higher claim than the available coverage. Um, one thing that you, you will want to look at is, does this other driver have the financial resources to contribute to a full resolution of this claim? Um, if they have significant equity in their home, if they have bank accounts, um, maybe they won the lottery two days before. <laughs> you never know. But it's certainly something that you want to take into account whenever you are making a decision of whether to accept limited insurance funds in settlement of a claim. Because if you go and settle with their insurance company for their $25,000 in coverage, that your claim is over. You have to release that driver. You can't get anything from any of their financial resources. Um, so often when we face situations where our client is more injured than the available coverage, we will send across uh, declarations for the other driver to voluntarily complete under penalty of perjury, telling us information about what they have in their bank accounts, how much equity they have in their house, provide us with tax returns for a couple of years so that we can make sure there isn't some hidden source of income that we're not aware of. 
um, and ask the other driver uh, to swear to that information so that our client has a basis for deciding, is it worth me turning down the insurance company now and trying to get it plus a contribution from the other driver? Um, or is it trying to get blood out of a turnip and I'm going to spend, you know, a year and a half, two years litigating a case and getting a judgment that I'll never be able to reasonably collect on. So at what point do you decide we need to do, we need to go this route? If, if you notice the medical bills and what are some of the bills that when you've had cases, uh, have there been bills that mount up in an injury accident that just astounds you? Oh yeah. I mean, just a, a quick visit to the ER after a after a car wreck and maybe you get a CT scan and you're seen by an emergency room doctor and um, and those bills, you're there for a few hours, those bills can be in the thousands of dollars. Um, if you have a traumagram, which is really taking images or x-rays, MRIs, CTs of, of your entire body, um, those that can be in the tens of thousands of dollars for a medical bill. If you're admitted to the hospital after a wreck, you're getting into the tens of thousands of dollars. If you have to have a surgery in the hospital after a wreck, you're getting higher, 50, dollars $60,000. $60, if you're admitted for a week or more, uh, you could be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, so the, the medical bills can pile up pretty quickly. Um, and that's why it is a good idea to have that underinsured or uninsured motorist coverage. It doesn't cost that much more on the premium from my experience. And it may be your only source of being able to recover for those medical bills and your missed time from work and having to go through the pain and suffering that it takes to recover from an injury. Um, one other thing to be aware of is that when you buy insurance, whether it's for your liability or whether it's this uninsured motorist coverage, every layer of coverage in, on your policy has a limit to it. Um, a lot of people don't know that. They think, I have full coverage, so everything gets paid. Full coverage really means you bought every possible line item of coverage. It doesn't say how much is the limit of that coverage. So I mentioned the state minimum limit is 25,000 per person injured in an accident. Um, the sort of common coverage limits are, are 25, 50, 100, or 50, 100, 100, 300. You can get into single limits of 300 or 500. Maybe you have 250, 500. The, the coverages go up. And of course that affects the amount of the premium, but it also affects the amount of coverage you have available when you're hurt in Iraq. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Talk or text, whichever you prefer. And we're getting a lot of text messages. We'll get back to some of those text questions in just a moment. We're going to check on the traffic and weather. Stay with us. We're talking this morning with local attorney Laura Baker from the law firm of John Day. We're talking about the importance of uninsured motorist insurance. Do you have it? You need to check. Be sure that you do have it. Sounds like it's really important. Look, 
up in the sky. There it is, the tallest tower in Murfreesboro. This is WGNS FM, AM, and worldwide at WGNSRadio.com. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I, I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and, I, and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family, Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you're a pet lover, come see us at Animal City. We have 8,000 square feet of pet products and pets for you to enjoy. Here at Animal City, we carry a full line of pet products to help your pets stay healthy, happy, and well. Animal City is Murfreesboro's longest-running and only family-operated pet store. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere. We are WGNS Murfreesboro. Good morning. Cleanup continues on that crash. It's been out there for a while in Rutherford County. It was pretty bad. 840 uh, going eastbound, especially there up by uh, Jefferson Pike. Again, it's been a struggle over there in that section of Jefferson County this morning at Jefferson Pike on 840 going eastbound. Traffic's moving right along at this point. 65 coming down through Goodlettsville, Millersville. It's just heavy where you would expect out here this time of the morning. Hey, the Ripley's Family Attractions is hiring, offering great pay. Check them out online and you can apply there as well at ripleys.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Skies become mostly sunny this afternoon, high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the northeast to 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear and a low near 61. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 67. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. It's coast to coast AM overnight every night. You have a possessed radio? Yeah. WGNS. Murfreesboro. Hey, welcome back. The number to call if you have a question or a comment this morning, 615-893-1450. Local attorney Laura Baker is with us from the law firm of John Day. We're talking about the importance of uninsured motorist insurance. How do you know if you have uh, Is it hard to determine and what else you might have or not have? Right. Yeah, and I talked about um, with uninsured motorist coverage that you sort of know at the beginning when you purchase the policy, if you read the documents and look at what, what papers you're being asked to sign. Um, but if you wanted to go today and check and find out how much uninsured motorist coverage you have or any other coverage, um, you can contact your insurance company and ask them for a copy of the declarations page of your policy. Um, a lot of insurance companies, you have an online portal or a way to go and access those documents without a phone call. You probably got it in the mail at some point if you didn't throw it away. Um, but otherwise, the easiest way to get it is just to contact the insurance company. And again, it's called your declarations page. And that's 
really a usually about a one-page document that's a face sheet to your policy that that lists out you have liability coverage and this is the limit of the coverage and this is the premium you're paying for it you have property damage liability coverage and this is how much it is and this is the premium you're paying and then it'll have if if you've got that collision coverage which is even if you cause the wreck they're going to repair your vehicle um same thing Uh, it will usually that has the deductible amount listed and the amount of the premium um and so on and so forth. Other types of coverage that you might see are rental car reimbursement. Um, you might see what's called medical payments coverage, which is coverage that can help you pay those medical bills. Um, hopefully your health insurance also pays those bills, um, but it can help you with those out-of-pockets or deductible amounts. Um, and of course, your uninsured, um, underinsured motorist coverage, which can be both for bodily injury and for property damage. Now, would this be on that card that the insurance company sends you once a year every half a year or whatever that says and and aren't you supposed to keep that car on you you are you're supposed to keep that card on you um it in my experience most of the time that card doesn't actually say the it tells you what types of coverage you have but it won't necessarily tell you the coverage amount So it may have a code on there that indicates that you have uninsured motorist coverage, uh, but it it may not tell you what the actual coverage limit is for your uninsured motorist. Um, But it does have your policy number on it. Um, And so you'll need that when you contact your your car insurance company to get that declarations page. All righty. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Here's an interesting question from a listener. Uh, when you fill out, uh, when you have an accident, you call the police, the police arrive and they have all of these forms that are completed. Uh, and then sometimes if there's injury, they will call an ambulance or in some cases a helicopter air ambulance. Uh, are all of those paid by the government or do you sometimes get a bill from the police department or the ambulance service? Um, In my experience, those bills are only paid by the government if you have government-sponsored insurance like Medicare, uh, TennCare, or maybe you work for the government and you have a policy through them. But no, those those bills will will be charged to the person who's injured, even if down the road you're going to make a claim that the other driver should be responsible for them and that driver's insurance should be responsible for them. You'll receive a bill for it at, at one point or another um and so that's like medical treatment i guess it is it is and and those medical bills are part of your injury claim um of course if you have health insurance whether it's through the government or through your employer or through the health care exchange um you want your health insurance to be paying on those bills because while your injury claim is pending the other driver and the other driver's insurance are not going to pay your bills directly. Um, they're gonna—they're not going to be in the position, and most likely you're not going to be in the position to enter into settlement negotiations or reach a settlement. Um, or, you know, if you file a lawsuit, you're definitely not going to be getting any money for for some time. Um, nobody's going to pay them while your claim is pending, and so you need to get them paid. And most people can't shell out, you know five to 
$100,000 for their hospital stay, your health insurance policy, in all likelihood, I, I really have yet to find one that doesn't, will pay those bills just like they would pay them if you weren't in a wreck. And they will maintain what's called, <clears throat> excuse me, they will maintain what is called a right of subrogation or a right to be paid back for their payments out of any money you get from the person who is truly responsible for causing you to need to have those medical bills. Um, but what, what sending it through your health insurance does for you in the meantime is it gets them paid, it keeps you out of collections, um, it keeps your payments to out-of-pocket payments to whatever your copay or deductible or whatever you normally would have to pay out-of-pocket if somebody else didn't cause it. And it also makes sure that if, for some reason, the other driver doesn't have insurance or doesn't have any way for you to recover money from them, and there's not enough insurance to go around, um, and maybe you walk, maybe you have to walk away from the case and you get nothing, you won't have to pay your health insurance back, and you also won't have those big, gigantic bills mm -hmm. out there. Um, if you do recover money, but it's limited... Most health insurance companies will work with uh, you and your attorney to uh, take a reduction on how much money they get paid back to make sure that you get some compensation for what you went through. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting question from a listener. They must have just been listening to newscast or something because they say they're always concerned when I hear on the news about someone having been in a wreck, but they refuse treatment from ambulance, they don't want to be taken to the hospital or anything, are they just trying to save money? And can that trip you up down the road? You know, it can trip you up down the road because um, because we're just so skeptical in this world, aren't we? <laughs> um, well, you never know what's going right. to be, what illness might come about from the accident. Um, but I can tell you that in my experience, most people who don't take the ambulance ride or don't go immediately to the emergency room, there's, there's a couple different things at play there. One is they don't know what I just told you all about your health insurance paying it, right? Mm -hmm, right. And they're not sure how they're going to cover that cost and it's extremely expensive. Number two, you know, if if you do have health insurance and it's not a life-threatening injury, then really the right thing to do is probably to go to your to an urgent care or go to your uh, go to your primary care doctor or maybe not take a, a spot at the ER. And I'm not suggesting that the ER is not for things like fractures and, um, and concussions. And I mean, there's lots of reasons to go to the ER, but I have had more than one client and more than one friend of mine that's been in a wreck and, and they think, I don't know that I need to take that ambulance ride. I have access to healthcare and and I can follow up with my primary doctor um, and I don't necessarily need to go to the emergency room. The way it can trip you up in your insurance claim is that it's it's a, a it's a common defense to say, well, if you were hurt, you would have gotten in the ambulance. If you were hurt, you would have gone to the ER. If you were hurt, you wouldn't have waited three days to go to the doctor. It's just a it's a, a common defense because people are skeptical they want to find a reason not to believe the injured person because um, we put ourselves in in their shoes and we ask that question maybe I should take the ambulance or I just said I'll mess up my insurance claim <laughs> well you know uh, one thing that it, it goes back to a 
point that we had some folks here, the paramedics from the Rutherford County Emergency Medical Services one day, and they were saying you need to call an ambulance when you're sick at home or if you're in an accident or something of that sort because that you may be close to the hospital and you may think you can get there quickly and you probably can, but they said, we're paramedics and we're in touch with the hospital. We bring the emergency room to you and you have more uh, you know, more treatments right there on the scene. Absolutely. And and my uh, comments about getting medical care should never be substituted for the judgment of a medical professional. If an ambulance comes to the scene and they tell you you need to go to the hospital, I do what they say. Go to the hospital. They do know better. They, they treat a lot of people that are involved in wrecks. And um, particularly for things like concussions, you don't want to wait and go home and <laughs> fall asleep and find out later that it was something that you needed to be seen in the in the hospital for. So you, you've just ruled out the, the cost factor by saying uh, insurance, whether it's regular insurance or Medicare, if you're a senior citizen, or Medicaid, if you're in a certain uh, income bracket, all of that covers ambulances in every form including the helicopters if that's needed oh and uh i'll tell you that last year i would have said sometimes you're going to end up in an issue with your health insurance over ambulance bills and helicopter bills and and that sort of thing if it's considered out of network i mean every insurance policy treats different types of medical care differently Uh, We did have a law that went in effect um, this year that that says that you can't have hidden costs in an emergency situation and pass those on to the insured or to the the injured person. What would be a hidden cost? Well, I mean, so if you take an ambulance or you take a helicopter ride and it's not covered, um, you can't get stuck with that bill. Um, or most people na- don't know that when you go to the emergency room, usually, depending on the hospital, the emergency room doctor has a separate biller for those services. They, they are part of a group of emergency physicians who bill out their services separate from the hospital. Most people don't know that when you go to the hospital and you have x-rays taken, that's going to be billed separately by a radiology company that has radiologists in the hospital. Um, so there, um, so there can be bills that you don't know who the provider is until you get the bill in your mailbox and you say, "Oh wow, I didn't know that I had a radiologist see me." Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's take a phone call here. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Laura Baker. How are you today? Is that me? It is. Yes, ma'am. Oh, good morning. Thank you. I have a question that does not have to do with uninsured motors, but I see all these folks driving around on the unexpired tags. For example, yesterday I was just sitting at the traffic light, and there was one that said May of 2021. Do they have coverage? Can you, what about that? What happens if your tags run out? Does that impact your insurance coverage? It does not necessarily impact your insurance coverage because you don't have to prove that you have insurance to register your car. You don't have to prove you have insurance to get that driver's license. 
Um, you, the only time that you have to prove that you have insurance is after you've been in a wreck and you get asked by, uh, asked to prove to the state that you had adequate insurance or insurance at all, um, to be financially responsible for that wreck. So I wouldn't assume that because somebody has expired tags, um, that they don't have auto insurance. Okay. So if, if, if they have, if we have a wreck and they run into me, then then it deter- may be determined that they do not. What happens if, if they determine that the person does not have insurance? Well, if if the person doesn't have insurance, then the next question that I would be asking is, what insurance do you have? Do you have that uninsured motorist coverage? Um, and let's assume that they don't have insurance and you don't have insurance. Then the question is going to be, does the other person have the financial resources to pay you compensation? Now, they don't have to have financial resources for you to go file a lawsuit against them, get a judgment against them, and try to collect on that judgment for the rest of their their working life. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's just a cost-benefit analysis for the person who is injured about what they want to pursue. I may not have worded it correctly, but um, if if they if they run into me and they are on the, on an expired tag, which is illegal, uh, does their insurance have to pay for my damage? Okay, they run into this lady. They have un in, they they don't have a license tag. It's it's out of date. Does the insurance company have to pay? I I would say. It, I would be surprised if they didn't, <laughs> uh, just because of the expired tag. Um, I'm not aware of any liability insurance requirement that says your tags have to be um, current. Um, I've even had cases where the other driver doesn't have their driver's license and their liability coverage still covers the accident. Um, oh, so unless okay. there's a specific exclusion under the policy um, or the policy, their policy, says we don't cover it if you don't have your tags renewed or we don't cover it if you don't have a driver's license then the liability insurance coverage for the other driver is most likely going to apply okay well thank you so much and i'm relieved to know that (laughs) have a good day you You too thanks for calling good morning you're on wgns with laura baker yes whose responsibility is it to press charges or to know that there is some fine or something for a driver. I had a, a guy hit me that uh, didn't have any insurance, and he uh, uh, had expired t- tags, which you've just been addressing. But uh, he also, I felt like he was impaired, but he never got out of the car, and he never said anything to me and uh, all of that. But uh, when I got my insurance, finally did pay uninsured things and I sort of got a a lot amount that was okay but uh, I didn't want to sue or anything like that but he did not when I got the police report he had nothing on there in the way of a citation whose responsibility was that to see that he at least got punished for breaking the law um so in terms of not having insurance after drivers are involved in a 
a wreck with injuries. Usually it requires it to be a wreck with injuries. Um, the Financial Responsibility Division of the Tennessee Department of Safety is going to send out forms to the addresses on the crash report. So if that address is wrong, it may never make it <laughs> to the person. And it asks you um, on that form, whether you're at fault or not, to certify to them that you have insurance. And I have seen the Department of Safety take action against drivers who can't demonstrate that they had insurance. If you're involved in a wreck and the police officer asks for an insurance card and you can't produce valid proof of insurance, a lot of times the police officer is going to cite you for not having insurance. And then you're going to go to court, and this is totally outside my uh, arena of what happens in um, in traffic court and, and criminal court, but... Um, but you'll have to go to court and most likely demonstrate that you've gone out and subsequently bought auto insurance. Um, as far as thinking that the driver... Hold on just a second. Yes, ma'am? I just feel like as a citizen that that's one of the reasons that people say, well, you know, he doesn't have insurance, but it doesn't matter because my insurance is going to pay it anyway, and I wouldn't think about not having that uninsured insurance, but I think that's why a lot of people maybe don't take it is they know nothing's going to happen to the other guy all right anyway so why should i bother with insurance that's so a, thank you very much thank you for calling well and let me address address that last point because you're right when you go under your own uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage a lot of times nothing's going to happen to the other driver unless your insurance company goes and and sues them for the money back they're allowed to do that after you've settled with them um, but don't forget that you're paying a premium for that coverage, just like you pay a premium for your health insurance coverage. And if you come down with the flu and you need to go to the doctor, you wouldn't think not to use your health insurance coverage that you paid for, um, or somebody paid for. Maybe you get it through your employer. Maybe you get it through paying taxes to the government, whatever the case may be. So the same for that uninsured and underinsured motorist claim. You're paying for the coverage. So just because it doesn't hurt the other driver doesn't mean you shouldn't get what you paid for. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Relaford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your spring gardening needs. We have everything you need for your garden, your lawn, we have clothing, some of the greatest gift ideas. We also have baby chicks. So please come see us for everything you need for your farm and home needs. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. This is Tina Fox at the Relaford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your spring gardening needs. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All Sports Talk. Weekdays at 5. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Our guest this morning, local attorney Laura Baker from the law firm of John Day. We have a quick uh, email text question here. 
and they are referring to the last caller. Uh, they're saying that uh, would it be possible? She had mentioned that she thought that the person might have been impaired, uh, and I'm wondering. I'm sure she meant uh, maybe they had had alcohol or drugs or something. Do you need to bring that up to the officer? I think it's it it's definitely if you think the other driver is impaired and you're you're concerned about that and the police come i would absolutely raise your concern to the police officer they obviously have to follow the law when it comes to their ability to conduct field sobriety tests and and blood alcohol tests and breathalyzer tests and all of that so whether they whether they agree with your concern or take action based on it, it it's not something that they necessarily have to do because you raise it to them they've got to follow the laws that apply to police action but there's no reason not to mention it good morning you're on wgns with laura baker good morning uh, yes yes sir i was had a question my daughter's just recently in an accident and uh, she was rear-ended but uh, i just had a question i was curious uh once a once a uh, insurance company decides to uh who's at fault is there a way it can be appealed or changed? What about that? So um, the insurance company doesn't have the final say about who is at fault in an accident. Most insurance companies put a lot of weight on what is in the police report. Even though most people don't realize this, police reports are not admissible in a trial in a car wreck case because the police officer wasn't a witness to the wreck, right? They come after the fact and they look around at the scene and talk to people and then they put in the report what they think happened based on everything that they've looked at. Um, but they're not a witness. So we we have, our law prevents that from being put into the record. But insurance companies put a lot of weight on it because why wouldn't they? That's the information they have at hand to determine liability. Your appeal, <laughs> if the insurance company... Uh, doesn't find in your favor on that is to file a lawsuit. Okay, so you can make a, an appeal and right. Make it a won't. Thing. It won't involve the insurance uh, insurance company by name anymore. But it will be filing a lawsuit against the other driver, and then you'll be asking a judge or a jury to decide who was at fault in the wreck. We have time for one more question. You're on WGNS with Laura Baker. Good morning. Yeah, here's the deal. Some states like Michigan, I'm sure, has a law before you can buy a license plate for a car, you've got to prove you got insurance on that car. And if you cancel that insurance after you get it, the insurance company sends a letter to the state saying you've dropped your insurance. And the state cancels, I'm pretty sure, not only the license tags on the car, but your personal driver's license. I don't understand why it'd be so hard for Tennessee to enact a law like that to protect this average person that's paying for people to drive around without insurance. It's just beyond belief for me. Of course, people ain't got no money, live in Section 8 housing on food stamps. They don't worry about it, you know? Interesting point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, when we kind of started off this show this morning, I mentioned that our financial responsibility law has no teeth. Um, and by teeth, I meant there's no, there's no requirement to demonstrate compliance with it in advance. 
Um, and so I don't know about Michigan, but what what you've described sounds like uh, what several other states have. Um, it would definitely require a, lo- a law change in the legislature in Tennessee to require that. And so what you need to do is talk with your state representative and state senator. Unfortunately, the General Assembly has pretty well wrapped it up for this session. But there's always the next one, which is in January. That's right. There's always next year. That's right. (laughs) But that's not the way for them to win friends and influence people. And that's probably why we don't have one here. On that note, we want to say thank you to Laura Baker. I tell you, you've really uh, helped a lot of folks here this morning. We thank you for joining us. Laura Baker is a local attorney here with the law firm of John Day. And today we've been talking on the importance of having uninsured insurance, motorist uh, insurance there. Laura, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me.